And now, coming to you live from the Gershon Room, a short interstitial piece from the Kuchy Podcast. And that's the first time I've heard the word interstitial since the interstitial arts movement began, which seems to me now to be about 1870, wasn't it, or something? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you might remember such things, Gary, but I'm younger than that. <laughs> I guess so. But it, it, was, it was interstitial is a good word, and it was used as a way of uh, talking about things between genres. I'm just thinking because this came up a couple of times in world fantasy. I was on a panel on mixing genres. None of that seems new anymore. It seems like it, it, it's, it's, I mean, I don't think it's ever really been new, but nevertheless, it's, it's, it's a convenient term. And what we're using it to mean is this is between our normal season of podcasts, which is winding down and a new thing, which we need to announce to our listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this is why this will be a short thing, and the the interstitial part, the, the interstices between interstices, but between which we find ourselves would be the moment, the uh, and the period between, say, Thanksgiving and the end of the year, the holiday season. We are mm -hmm. doing something special for the holiday season, aren't we, Gary? We're doing something, and this was entirely your idea. So, for people who are anti-Christian, it's John's fault. An advent calendar of Cood Street podcasts. That's right. So the Coot Street Advent Calendar for 2022. Now, I've got to be clear. Until you came, well, until my, my dear and beloved wife, Marianne mm -hmm. Jablon, former editor at uh, Locus, said to me, well, that's very religious. I'm going, is it? And then Gary says to me, people, are we going to start on November 27th, the first day of Advent? I'm going, but it's just one of those things that you get in the supermarket that have, have bits of chocolate in them. And, you know, you know, now you can get like whiskey Advent calendars. I, that's, I didn't even think about the religious thing. Well, people will think about the religious thing. But I decided, I decided that Advent had moved beyond Christianity about three years ago when I discovered, and I bought this for my partner, Dale, for a Christmas present a single malt advent calendar. Every mm -hmm, day you open up a little, you, 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 you've had one of those, eh? Our, many, some years ago, our very, very dear friend and a dear friend of this podcast, the wonderful Ellen Clay just gifted to me with such a thing. Hmm. And it was fabulous, but it felt like a lot of drinking at the time. Well, that's sort of the point, isn't it? Uh, I, I suppose so. <laughs> at any rate, for, any, for anyone who is, is concerned that we're not recognizing other holidays that time frame pretty much recognizes a lot of them so we're just thinking of it as the end of the year season i guess whatever well, i think that's what it is i mean the the, the inspiration and the, uh, obviously why the description of this will not go long dear listeners is mm -hmm. um we're going to talk about talk to the authors of 24 of our favorite books of the year 24 of our, our favorite people one or two new people who have become favorites um, and maybe give you something to think about. And we'll put them out probably from December the 1st to December the 24th, because that seems to be what the, you know, the little chocolatey advent calendars do. And it'll give you something to pay attention to follow up on for, for as readers. And for those people who are old enough to remember 2020, and there are fewer of them every year, uh, this is a, a small recap of the sort of thing we did for something like a hundred days during the first COVID lockdown yes, in 2020. Very much. Uh, and I don't know if it felt because you've actually started talking to people. I'm starting to talk this week. Doesn't it feel like decades since we did those daily podcasts? Well, well it's, it's funny you should say that because certainly one of the guests that I spoke to was part of the original 
podcast mm. series. And in fact, that was the, the, the most recent time I'd spoken to them. And we were saying that it feels like the time since then has just been one constant sort of blur. And it's both forever ago and yesterday. You know, there's no, there's no real clear, this whole pandemic period, which is yet to conclude, you know, really hasn't left you feeling as, as though you've got a clear memory of all the details. But those 120 odd episodes that we were, that we put out do feel like a time, a time ago. And this is very much, I mean, we've talked a few times unofficially out, not in the world about doing something that echoed that again. Mm. And that's what this is i mean we'll ask people what they've been reading what their favorite holiday story of the year is uh what book they had come out come out this year that had them choose to talk to them and what they might have coming out next and that should give people something both to maybe consider for gifts except for maybe the december 24th one that might be a bit a bit late and um might be uh and stuff to look forward to for the, the forthcoming year so yeah they can still give 12th night gifts i guess but um, now, I, now you're I, getting I, historical and religious. Well, okay, that's true as well. But 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 I, I think the um, one thing we should warn people is that again, these are short podcasts, and we had mostly very good reactions to podcasts that ran usually seldom less, ten to twenty minutes probably on the average. And for those people who like two-hour podcasts, and I know a lot of the podcasts that are out there run an hour and a half, two hours, and we ourselves have been guilty of going well over an hour, that if you prefer a two-hour podcast, all you have to do is listen to five of these, and you've got one. Precisely. You know, we are, if nothing, you know, a, a full-service you know, podcast. And also, I will also say, I mean, I feel, you and I have felt, we made a commitment to our listeners, to everyone who's listening, mm-hmm to put out 26 episodes in a year as a minimum. We went down from the nominal kind of a week yeah. to nominally every two weeks. And we're kind of there. We're trailing behind. This will push us through, pop out an extra 24, and we'll really have done done our duty and we'll be up into the 600s, you know, episode 600 or so, and that'll, that'll be great. So you're admitting to our listeners that we weren't making our deadline, so we decided just to yeah. do a rush at the last oh, minute. You know, look, we might have, but I mean, the truth is that the holiday period is always a patchy time to be podcasting. Mm. You know, we're you know not necessarily recording; we're celebrating stuff. Other people have things on, so yes, we just do that. Well, it's also um, the time of the year, uh, and and you and I are among many people who have to start thinking about this. Where you start thinking about the favorite books of the year and the favorite stories of the year and the favorite novellas of the year and anthologies and collections and so forth for not only in our case for the local mm-hmm. reading list, uh, but for nominations for for next year's awards. Yes. Um, and we sh- probably should add a mention, speaking of Locus, that uh, we've been saying this more than once on the podcast. Locus needs support and it will be, I think, officially announcing a fundraiser beginning in about a week about no, no, the fund, there's a fund, fundraiser has been announced um and so you know if you are feeling like you're in a position to do anything to support something worthwhile and worthy then let us point you towards the official um locus magazine indiegogo crowdfunding uh campaign it actually you're right it, although the news about it is out gary Sorry. But it doesn't begin until... November the 15th. Okay, in a few days. And I, I, sh- I should also... I have to do this. I, I got a email from one of our listeners mm-hmm. this week 
gently chastising me, Gary, gently chastising me ah. for talking too quickly on our podcast. And so I need to maybe pace myself and not race ahead so much. Apologies to everybody who finds that the case. I will send you, and this will, this will test the age of some of our listeners, I will send you a link to a famous Bob and Ray routine called the Slow Talkers of America. <laughs> yes, the thingy flappers of Gip. But, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, as I attempt to talk a little more slowly, there is a there's a fundraiser for, for Locus. We are working on the Locus recommended reading list. Even as we speak, I have a draft of a seed list for the short fiction list. I'm doing mm -hmm. some cleanup work on the seed book list. I am looking sternly, sternly, listeners, at all of the Locus book reviewers who have reviewed anthologies or short story collections mm -hmm. who are yet to send in their short fiction recommendations from uh -huh. the anthologies or collections they might have reviewed this year. Now, you know, I can't think of anybody who might be in that particular position, but looking sternly. It's, uh, it's still mid-October, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it. We've got our Christmas away. tree up. Okay. We have our Christmas tree out. One of the one, one of the people we'll be talking to, and, and one of the books which I should have done because I'm sure I'm the only one who read it, was a, a collection of stories called The Adventurous by Richard Butner. And mm -hmm. half the stories, it just occurred to me when you said that half the stories had not been published before. So, That's right. And, and you are the only person you are the only person at the magazine who has read that book, Gary. Well, okay, I'll, you'll hear from me tomorrow. Your recommendations will, and, and in fact, this is that window to process we've talked about many times before, which is that, you know, the Locus recommended reading process is internal and semi-informal, but, mm. it, you know, there, there's an awful lot of work published, particularly at short length, and so it is difficult to get the kind of coverage you'd hope for where multiple readers read the same thing to recommend them. So it's a process, but it is underway. So from here until the end of the year, Cood Street will talk to you about 24 books that we've loved. Not the only ones, I have to say. And because they're these 10-minute width kind of things, Gary and I are doing it se separately, which means that mm. I will miss when I talk to people who have written books that Gary loves, I will miss raising the questions he would have liked to have had, have, have had a chance to ask himself, just as he surely won't ask exactly the same questions I might have, but hopefully they will still prove to be of interest. Well, what I assume is of interest in this is is, is listening to 24 bright, uh, productive writers talking about mm -hmm. not only their own work, but what they like. I mean, one of the things that's fascinating always in our podcast and when I listen to other podcasts, I'm fascinated to hear what other people read. And the last time we did this, it came up over that 100 in a row. One of the questions is, what have you been reading lately? And a number of authors responded to me, authors and editors, um, and artists in a couple of cases, that a lot of the reading they do on their own is not in the genre. They don't feel that they're mm. up to date. They don't. They haven't read much fantasy. They've read nonfiction. They've been reading old stuff and that sort of thing. Um, and I find that fascinating in, uh, uh, in, in its own right. In other words, mm. not every writer, and this is something that new writers need to understand, not every writer obsessively reads their quote-unquote competitors. Yeah. Um, they read what they enjoy, and they read what they think is important for their own work. 
but I, I don't think the idea uh, of, of, of the writer as somebody kind of uh, hammering out stories while pursuing or perusing the table of contents of the latest issue of fantasy and science fiction to say, I can do that better. I don't think that happens anymore. And one no, of the things I mean... that fascinates me is that uh, when we talk about mixing genres, which is, again, a topic that came up at, at World Fantasy, which was a lot of fun, by the way, um, that's... Uh, that's, That's not the third time he said that today, listeners, to me, just how much fun he had at World Fantasy, where I wasn't. But he's a nice person, I promise you. Did I tell you about the gumbo? Did I tell you about the beignets? Did I tell you about the redfish? Did I? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was talking to somebody who'd been there. Well, that's how come, okay. you're, not, how come you're not fatter? I mean, really, come on. I went and I ate, he said. I ate New Orleans. Mm-hmm. What you learn to do is to stop eating because you know that what's coming for dessert uh, is going to be so much better than anything you've had. So, um, <laughs> well, but, fair but enough. Next, okay, next year, next World Fantasy, Kansas City has great barbecue, yes. has really good fried chicken, has you bet. lots of good food. It's not, it doesn't have as, in New Orleans, you can't walk a block without stumbling into a good restaurant. That's unusual. Um, and it's I'm dieting for Kansas City even as we speak. Good. Uh, for which I will again remind our listeners that there's an editor guest of honor at, at World Fantasy. There isn't one every year, but next year it's my podcast yeah. partner, Jonathan. Yeah. It should be fun. I'm desperately looking forward. I really am. We're going to be in New York beforehand, and then we're going to go to, go to uh, Kansas City and have a good time. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a busy end, end of the year. We will have some normal full-length episodes out. We'll talk to some people, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully it will all work out. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good time. All right, I think oh, we'll... Okay, no, we'll, we'll, let's give people one more thing. Ah. We didn't prepare about this. Gary, have you had anything good this week that you would recommend to anybody? I will tell you what I'm reading right now. And, I, and this is never a good thing to do because I don't know how I'm going to like how it turns out. But one of the writers who I find endlessly fascinating is Elliot de Boudard, and I'm currently reading The Red Scholar's Wake, which is uh, it, 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 I'm, I'm getting tired of the publicity that comes out on these things that makes it look like it's uh, this is OK, a, a lesbian space pirate romance. Which it is, and it's a wonderful love story, and it's a love story that in some ways echoes all the way back to Anne McCaffrey. Um, and it's written in characteristically graceful and intelligent and thoughtful and sometimes searing prose. So uh, that's, um, th that, that's what I'm in the middle of right now. Um, another thing I got in the mail, and I'm trying to figure out, I'm going to, I'm going to write a short review of this. Uh, even though everybody knows what's in it. I, I received uh, the two-volume Ray Bradbury collection from the Library of America. Oh, short stories. Okay, yeah. Uh, short, uh, well, it's not just short stories. The first volume is uh, in, includes uh, something wicked this way comes. It includes Fahrenheit 451. Um, but what's interesting about the anthology, yeah, the one volume has, let me see, the first volume has the Martian Chronicles, Fahrenheit 451, Dandelion Wine, and Something Wicked This Way Comes, which is pretty much all of his long fiction. The second yeah. one includes The Illustrated Man and um, The October Country and some various uncollected stories. What I think is interesting about this 
is that none of this stuff is new to anybody. I mean, there have been anthologies. There was a hundred Ray Bradbury stories. There was a collection of 50 Ray Bradbury stories. There have been, but what those tend to do is that they tend to jumble all of Bradbury's stories up in a way that the original reading experience is lost. And what the Library of America is doing is reprinting the contents of, for example, The October Country, my favorite Bradbury book, by the way, complete with the Joe Manini illustrations. So that when you read through these, you're reading through Bradbury's stories and novels in the order of the books in which he published them. And that makes it look different. Um, Yeah. Because there, you know, one of the problems with some of the late Bradbury collections was that there were a lot of late stage stories that had been unpublished during his life, during during his yeah. earlier career, that were resurrected. Uh, there were some stories late in his career that simply were imitations of stories earlier in his career. Um, so, if somebody wants to know why so many writers back in the fifties were so excited about um, the October Country. Or if you want to go back to the 40s, some writers were excited about Dark Carnival. You can, re- you can recreate that experience. You can look at these stories as collections, which made me think of the importance of the story collection as a form. It um, is an important thing as a form. And I think when you start like putting... Thoughts, but, you know. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's something that uh, a lot of publishers, when they reprint stories, including the best of stories, which as... Sure. Are great anthologies. I've got, but our our good friends at Subterranean put together best of stories. But there are a few writers whose stories in a collection are such a piece that those collections should not be shuffled up and and put into separate stories. And I think Bradbury is one of those. Possibly oh. so. Yeah. But let us talk about short story collections another time, okay. because we'll begin to see us segue into a full episode, which we're not about to do. I think we've done what we came here to do. We've said hello to everybody, reminded them we existed, and we have told them about the Cood Street Advent calendar coming soon, probably in about two or three weeks, based on the way the year is racing past. And um, we will get and, some and, more. And if we mess up the actual dates of Advent, it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> no. It, right. it makes no, no difference well, to anybody. So it's it's a kind of weird calendar. It may, Gary. No, I I won't concede that. I don't want anybody doing any ritualistic things because they expect another podcast on the next day of Advent. I don't know how it works, but (laughs) I'm 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 sure. No, no, this is going downhill. Let's just okay. Well, just let it go then. Let's go there. It's been good. We'll be back. The, the first conversations that are in the, that have been recorded are great. You're going to love them. And we will see you back here, well, no later than two weeks from now, uh, yes. as usual. And then uh, there will be a torrent of podcasts to distract you from the holiday season. And throughout the holiday season, whether you like it or not, this is going to be the Good Street Podcast. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs>